hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Get this. 28% of LGBTQ plus folks don't know if they're on track to retire. Think of the stress. Think of the anxiety. Think of the confusion. As part of our year-long series with Capital One on financial well-being, we're going to try to fix this today. On Queer Money episode 326, we're sharing how you can calculate your retirement number. Now, on with the show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Well, as many of you know, we are diving deeper into the Motley Full Debt Free Guys LGBTQ Money Study, and that's exactly what we're doing today. We want to really peel back the onion and get to the root of what's causing some of the anxiety in our community around finances and what we can do to improve the lives of everybody across the community, especially during these uncertain times. And as we shared in the outset, 28% of LGBTQ respondents to our study said that they don't know whether they're on track to retire. That's different from the subset of folks who said they don't think that they're on track to retire. And of course, differently from those who said that they know that they're on track to retire. These people are just languishing in confusion, which has to cause has to be causing conscious and unconscious anxiety and stress. And we want to address that if for no other reason to, to fix people's financial well-being. Right. So today we're going to be sharing five ways along with some resources that will make it a little easier for you to understand or get a little bit clearer on what your number might be get close to at least defining it so that you understand what kind of goals you need to be setting or what you are reaching towards. And hopefully this will kind of spur you to want to do a little bit more of a a deeper look at exactly what kinds of things you need to put in place to get to that number. Exactly. So these are simple formulas that are really going to provide you directional information. They're not hard, concrete answers of of numbers that you want to target for before you say that you're ready to retire. They're simply directional. And hopefully it'll elicit some curiosity in you to say, how can I take this deeper and get more concrete with it? With that said, there are some assumptions that we made with these calculations. And to start things off, we wanted to make sure that the math, since most people listen to this podcast via audio, don't necessarily watch it on YouTube, but if you're not watching on YouTube, you totally should. But we wanted to keep the math super simple so that people didn't get confused with with numbers, as I can easily get confused with. So here are some of the assumptions. We're Assuming that the target age for everybody is age 65 to retire, that will live 20 years after that point. This is a little bit longer than the current average. So that should give some folks a little bit of a buffer to make sure they have hopefully enough saved for retirement. Likewise, we're using current and future income of $100,000. We know that that's a lofty salary for some folks, but we're trying to keep the math super simple. And make it as broadly applicable to most people as possible. And so that's the simplest way that we felt that we could do it. So that's just a simple math projection. It's no assumption or or judgment on anybody at income or salary. And then we're also assuming that your spending is about 80% of your income, excluding taxes, 
benefits deductions from your paycheck. So that's about $80,000 a year in spending. Right. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is that your expenses throughout the year are $80,000. Your income is roughly $100,000 and that you will plan on living 20 years after your retirement date of 65. So that kind of sums up kind of the person that we're looking at. Based on that, you can then kind of maybe project whether, you know, definitely if you're younger, if you're making less, if you're making more, but then that just helps us make these formulas a little bit easier. So the first one we're going to share is one that comes from Fidelity, and that is the income ratio. And basically what Fidelity has come up with is, is they're kind of making an assumption that if you are age 30 or older, you kind of should calculate based on these following numbers. If you want to retire at 65 with your current lifestyle, they suggest that you have six times what you are making saved by age 45. So they want you to have six times your current income. Remember, we said our assumption is your current income is $100,000. So if your current income is $100,000, then you would need to have $600,000 by the time you reach the age of 45 in order to be able to be on track to retire at 65 and have a similar lifestyle to what you have today. Now, let's say you want to live a little bit cheaper than or are able to, or you plan on making some changes to your lifestyle that will allow you to spend a little bit less, or maybe you're going to be forced into that just because you aren't able to save that kind of money. Well, they're suggesting then that if you want to reduce your income in retirement, that you would multiply your income by four, and that's the amount you would need to have saved by 45. So again, $100,000 is your income. You're going to reduce your expenses. So you're going to multiply by four. They're suggesting that you have $400,000 saved by the age 45. And then finally, if you want to have a bigger and better life in retirement, then they're suggesting that your multiplier is actually seven. So that would be $100,000 a year times seven or $700,000 is the amount of money you would want to have in retirement savings by the time you reach 65. Now, obviously, there's lots of factors that go into play, things like where you live, whether you're close to that age of 45 or not. But that's kind of the estimate of what Fidelity is saying. If you're around the age of 30, plan on having those numbers in place. Right. So if you if you have a salary of one or about a hundred thousand dollars, you're looking at needing anywhere from about four hundred thousand to seven hundred thousand dollars by the time you reach retirement or by the time you reach forty five, so that you're on track to have enough money when you reach retirement age of sixty five. Right. And you know one of the things to keep in mind here is these numbers. If you're thinking that a hundred thousand dollars is is a lot of money, remember this could also be your total household income, right? If your total household income, if you are partnered or, or have a spouse, then your if your total household income is around $100,000, then these are the projections of what you would have together. Exactly. Calculation number two is called the income multiplier. And this says to save enough money to live on 7 to 85% of your pre-retirement income. So most people, when they retire, typically either intentionally or unintentionally, kind of downscale their life. They're not driving as much back and forth to work, so they don't have to pay for gas. Sometimes they think they don't necessarily need as nice of a car. They're not buying as much business clothing or work clothing as they may be used to in the past. And likewise, just their social life doesn't typically tend to be as big as it was pre-retirement. So this is talking about, we're providing a calculation as if you're going to scale back your lifestyle a little bit. And it suggests 
about anywhere from 70 to 85% of your pre-retirement income. So if you have $100,000 annual income and you want to do the 70% multiplier, that would then be yield $70,000. Then you would times that by 20 for the next 20 years that you retire, be retired, and that would yield $1.4 million. So 70% of your $100,000 a year income is $70,000 times 20 years equals $1.4 million is how much money you would need when you retire at the age of 65. Now, if we use the 85% multiplier, of course, you're looking at $85,000 times 20 years as well. And that yields $1.7 million that you would need by the time you retire. So both of those calculations, you would need $1.4 to $1.7 million about by the time you retire at age 65. Right. One of the things you're going to see, folks, as we keep on going through these various calculations is the numbers are going to get bigger. And that's because we're kind of most likely getting closer and closer to a more accurate picture with some of these calculations. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. The spending multiplier is similar to the income multiplier, although it just focuses on the spending side. Now, remember we said that you're spending about You have an income of $100,000, but you're actually spending about $80,000 a year. So this one is pretty easy. The spending multiplier just says, take what your annual spending is and multiply that by 25. So in this case, if you have annual spending, your household has annual spending of $80,000, then when you retire, you would need to have around $2 million. That's 80,000 times 25. That one's a pretty easy one and a pretty quick one to use if you know how much you're spending annually. Exactly. Calculation number four is pretty much as easy as calculation number three. And this is called the 25X rule. And that says to multiply your annual income, you think that you'll need by 25. So for example, using our $100,000 calculation, you have $100,000 a year in annual income, multiply that by 25, that yields $2.5 million. (laughs) So one of the big differences between the two here is that we're kind of looking at these as future projections, right? So this is how much you're going to need during or at that retirement time. And you're saying basically that you're spending in the future is $80,000 or your income in the future is $100,000. If your current spending is 80 or your current income is $100,000, unless you are 64, it is highly likely that it's going to be changing big time between now and when you reach the age of 65. So keep that in mind. The last one here is the 4% rule. Now, the 4% rule is is probably one of the most well-known rule, simple rules on how you calculate how much money you're going to need in retirement. And really, this was founded by a white paper that was written in 1994 that kind of basically did a lot of projections and calculations based on a simple portfolio of what 
it looks like someone would be able to withdraw from their retirement account on an annual basis and be able to live out 30 years after they retire. Now, I know previously we said the assumptions was that you were going to live 20, but this one specifically made the projections for this rule on living 30 years. So that means maybe you could plan on retiring at 55 instead of 65, or it may mean that you live until 95 instead of 85, like we were saying in the with the 20-year assumption. So really what's happening here is what they want you to do is to take the amount of of income that you have and divide that by 4%. And that should give you the total amount of money that you would need to be able to withdraw 4% annually from that portfolio. Well, this one actually ends up being very similar to the 25% rule because you end up having $2.5 million at that $100,000 mark. Now, what's interesting about this is that this very well-known rule was just recently updated. Surprise Um, with inflation. (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, there was a couple of factors, right? One is that we do see inflation having a larger impact on folks with the amount of money they need to withdraw from their portfolio. But also the individual who came up with this projection originally built his portfolio around basically two investments. And one was investing in the S&P 500, and then the other portion of the portfolio were in intermediate treasury bills or treasury bonds. So it was a very basic asset allocation. And what's interesting is a lot of folks have really followed this. They have 95% of their portfolios invested in the S&P 500 index, and they have 5% in an intermediate T-bill portfolio of some form, whether that's an ETF or a mutual fund, or they purchase those themselves. But what he did is he said, we need to change this portfolio a little bit. It needs to be a different version because the reality is, is that investing in such a narrow portfolio may be a little bit more risky. And so the new portfolio and the new rule is actually 4.4%. And so the rule is that you can withdraw at a rate of 4.4%, which sounds nicer because you think you're making actually getting more money. But the reality is, is it actually drops the amount of money that you need in your portfolio to retire. So at 4.4%, in order to be able to get an income or have withdraw $100,000, you would need to have $2,272,000 in your portfolio. And the portfolio makeup has changed. And now that portfolio includes, it still does have the S&P 500 index, and it does have those intermediate treasury bonds, but it also includes mid-cap, small-cap, micro-cap, as well as international companies. So you do have a much more rounded out portfolio that may be able to balance out your returns in years when, say, for example, large-cap doesn't do as well as small or micro-cap or international. Those are your five basic ways of breaking down what you think you might need, at least to guesstimate where what you might need for retirement. Exactly. Now, if you want to take this a little bit further, but don't yet want to talk with a financial planner or talk with a, anybody and make it too super serious, there are some calculators that you can easily find on the internet. So go ahead and Google retirement calculators and some good calculators that we like are can be found on NerdWallet, Bankrate, and AARP. But our ultimate all-time favorite calculator <laughs> is by our colleague, Lauren, who's also a member of the queer community. And her website is cfiresim.com. It's a much more in-depth 
calculator and provides much better analysis. So maybe you try like NerdWallet or Bankrate first to kind of get that high level calculator. And then when you're ready to go get a little bit more into the nuts and bolts of things, check out Lauren's calculator at cfiresim.com. It's really cool tool. And someday we'll have her on the show. (laughs) So there are some quick and easy ways to calculate your retirement number and to set a goal to have the retirement that you deserve. Now stay tuned for your queer money takeaway from this episode. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Queer Money Podcast. Here's your Queer Money takeaway from this episode. It's no fun being uncertain about your future. Invest just 20 minutes to try one of these simple formulas or calculators to estimate how much you think you'll need to have saved for retirement. Even having a little direction can go a long way in improving your financial well-being. By the way, please don't let these big numbers scare you, especially into doing nothing. Then join us next week when we have a lively debate about capitalism versus anti-capitalism. You're going to enjoy it. Thank you and have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.